0: Uh, I'm just going to kind of uh, start talking about parents, because here's the reality. Parents, I, I would describe them as terrifying. I Parents are like my biggest fear when it comes to ministry, because there's like horror stories, like James told just a little bit ago, where he's like, yeah, they're like, they can be big, bad, and scary. Um, and so I think when we say like connecting with parents, there's like a, a, a whole a whole thing of, mental connections that you have, and some are good and some are bad, and so like your first thought may be fear, like me, Um, or uh, you may be thinking of an awful experience, or you may be thinking of that one parent that just seems to do everything right, and you're like, dude, those are the people, right? They get what ministry is about, Uh, but the reality is we have a mix of parents and a mix of preteens, and (laughs) I didn't know what all we were talking about, but I feel like this leads great into this, that we have to connect these parents to their preteens. Um, and, and most people who spent any time in ministry and are really diving in understand that truth, right? That we get two, three hours a week. Parents get uh, 40, 50, 60 with their kids. Like, we will never, ever, ever amount to the influence that these parents have. Yet, like we've been talking about, Parents are just outsourcing that. They're outsourcing it to technology. They're outsourcing it to people. Uh, and we are now the spiritual uh, leaders for these kids. And it's like my, I, we can't even compete with like YouTube. Like that's like the lowest bar. We can't compete with YouTube. And then you got school and social influences. Uh, and then Matt, I think you can kick that doorstop at this point. Um, so we we cannot compete with all of these influences, Um, and so, yeah, uh, I I was reading George Barna's book before this, and so if it sounds like I'm just splurting out George Barna stuff, it probably is, Um, but he tells us that 85% of parents believe that they are the primary, uh, they're the primary person responsible for their kids' moral development, right? 85% believe that it is their job to morally and spiritually develop their kids' But two-thirds of them, 66%, admit that they have handed that job off to somebody else. And so we have this one end where a large majority are like, yeah, that's our job. And another end where a large majority is like, but we're handing it off to somebody else. And so uh, the takeaway is our parents need something. And the reality is what they think they need is for us to do our jobs better so their kids turn out good, right? That is what they think, uh, but that's, that's not it. And I think we are all here because we're aware that's not it. That's not what our parents need. And so I, I am a practical, point-based, let's just get some things out on the floor. And so for some of you guys, uh, I'm going I'm to list off five points and five ways that we can connect with parents. And some of you guys you are going to be doing phenomenal in some of these areas, and then you're going to get to other areas and be like, oh, I could work on that. And so this isn't so much, here's five brand new ideas for you. This is, here's five ideas. You're probably doing all five, but how can you do them better? right? Because the reality is I'm not going to invent some brand new uh, you know, ministry idea, but hopefully you can refine and you can dive in and you can think this is where I need to grow and then have some encouragement. I'm doing really good in this area. And so hopefully from there um, we could do it. And so I kind of put my, my points in kind of a tiering level that um, as you do these, it kind of naturally leads into the other one. And so step number one, um, golly, I really... I gotta talk faster, sorry. Um, So, step number one is you gotta resource your parents. I think the biggest thing and the biggest lie that I bought into when I first jumped into ministry was. Parents don't need me, right? They're parents; they know what they're doing. I'm a, I think I was 21 at the time when I started preteen ministry, and I was like, "I'm just a 21-year-old. What am I going to do?" But that is a lie, right? Because parents have no idea what they're doing. George Barna, again, in one of his books, talks about how like kid, kid, these parents had parents who didn't really develop them spiritually. They didn't have a spiritual champion in the home. And so they're just doing the same thing that they were taught. And so the reality is these parents have no, uh, no concept for what it looks like to bring ministry into their family. Um, I think if you asked a parent how many times a week they prayed with their kid intentionally, you would get a shockingly low number. Because parent, their parents never did that. So they don't know that that's what they need to do. And so we have to resource them, right? Like, preteens are terrifying, right? Like, they are the scariest kids. You got hormones and puberty and YouTube, and that's enough to make a grown man cry. And so then you're like a parent who was like, I was a preteen once. And you're like, oh, this is a different world, right? They're trying to deal with all of these things. And so the reality is uh, the first thing a parent really needs is a resource. They just need, they just need something to have. They just need something to, to, to be able to walk through these things. And this can look like a ton of different things. And so uh, my first question is, how often are you giving practical, good resources? And I don't want to step on any toes, but the flyers you hand out each week for Sunday, that's not going to quite do what you want it to do. That's great. That's good to hand out something each week for a parent to go through. But where does 90% of that end up? In the trash. And you walk out. And you see them on the floor and you think, oh, man, that was like 85 cents of paper right there. And it's just gone, right? Those are steps. But what, like what, what is a parent going to sit down and think, I really need to read through this because my kid is going through that? How often do you give those resources? And so are you communicating those resources? Um, and those can be communicated on your weekly handouts that you hand out every Sunday or Wednesday, Um, but they can be communicated through your weekly parent communications. Um, If you don't have those, maybe you got to kick that off, but I send an email every single week, and I try and include, hey, here's this cool article, or hey, did you know we offer this, or hey, here's this podcast, or whatever it is, um, and, and, and do that through my weekly communications, through Facebook and my group like that. Um, my church's big uh, 2023 goal uh, to kick off in August is our resource wall. Um, and so what this is for parents is like, here is a wall, and on it is resources. Is your preteen struggling with mental health? Is your preteen struggling with gender identity? Is your preteen struggling with technology? And it's something that they can literally just grab and go, right? It's totally free for them. And so maybe that's your next step. You just need to think, what practical uh, resources can I offer for a parent who's walking through something to just grab and go? Like, you know, you pick up your kid and you look at this wall and you're like, oh, you know what? I was just having a conversation with my husband about This with our preteen, that's theirs and they go. And that can lead to more conversations. Um, And then, uh, does your church offer a store? Because I realized pretty recently, my church has like a little bookstore. Parents don't realize that there's stuff in there for them. They were like we have preteen resources in there? I was like, yes, yes, we do. So if you do have resources, make sure you're communicating that because the reality is a lot of these families will be like, man, I just really need something. I wish the church offered that. And you're like, we. We do. It's right over there, actually. And so just, just communicate. Just offer those resources. Offer regular and consistent resources. Because at the end of the day, it comes with a, a double whammy. Because if you're offering resources for a parent, they're going to be more invested, especially like think about your weekly communications. If a parent knows they're going to e- open an email that will help them, they will open that email and then they'll realize it's the last week to sign up for camp as well. And then you're like, yeah, okay, this worked great, right? Uh, but think about the resources. Think about the things that you're offering to these parents and think, is this going to practically help them walk through uh, the moral and social and and spiritual development of these kids? So that's point number one, dramatic water break. And point number two, once you've resourced them, once you've given them resources, um, you want to equip them to use those resources, right? It's like putting a tool in somebody's hand that they don't know how to use. It's like, I got a hammer. If I use that to try and dig a hole, that's not going to do much. And so we want to take that next step, and we want to equip them. And so it's going to come in two different categories in my head. Uh, The first one uh, is classes and parent events, what are you offering to a parent? And this uh, this can kind of broad for all kids ministries, but specifically preteen ministries. What classes? What are you offering? What what can a parent attend to to learn about things like technology, like having the talk with your preteens because that's the age, and parents are terrified of that. Um, how do I how do I have faith conversations in my home? All of those are more than just an article. That's more than just a twenty minute podcast. Uh, that's something to break down, and so. Are you offering those classes? Are you offering those opportunities? Um, and are you uh, taking those seriously, right? And, and a class can look like anything, right? It can look like a day long seminar with your parents. It can look like um, a Wednesday night for four weeks or whatever. Uh, but are you offering those classes um, and those uh, just opportunities to really dive deep and, and buy in? Because I can send you an article on how to have a talk with your kid. Put them face face-to-face and you're interacting and we're interacting, it goes more than just resourcing and it goes into equipping. It's like, hey, here are the ideas on how to have it, but let's talk about how to actually do that. Because we know as pastors that we can have some great ideas sometimes and then we try and execute that and realize, oh, that's not how to do that. That's not going to work. Um, so uh, t- are we teaching them about those? Um, and then the next one is are we equipping parents – to have the opportunity to exercise those ideas. And so uh, what I mean by this is, are we offering family-based events that are faith-based, right? So I think we all do, most of our churches do family events, fall fall festivals or Easter egg hunts or whatever, but are we doing events where we take a parent and a kid and put them in a gospel-centered environment, right? Fall frenzy, fall festival, that's a blast. I love that. That's my favorite event that we do every year. But that's not the event where my church families are going to go closer so they're going to have fun and invite friends and it's going to be great uh, but are you offering an event where you maybe you sit down with a parent and a preteen and you walk through an idea with them and you open up the floor for that parent to have a conversation with their kid that they have never had because you will be surprised at how many of your preteen parents just struggle to even start a faith-based conversation with their kids and so when they can both come into the church and the preteen the parent can come together and then start a probably awkward and weird conversation for them for the first time. But here's the thing is once you get those training wheels off, a parent is able to take that out of the ministry context and into their daily life. So are you offering that? Uh, and it can look like a lot of different things too. Like uh, what if you did a, a parent versus preteen night and you brought all the parents in and then you closed it out with a, a devotional and a time of conversation uh, with how you can unify the family or something like that. What if you're doing things like that? Uh, inviting families in to interact, to have fun, to play games with their preteens, but also to have a faith conversation, to pray for each other, to talk through hard things. Uh, Because all of those things together are going to be equipping and preparing those parents for those conversations. Because ultimately our goal is not that a kid hears about faith in the church, but that a parent is able to take that idea and put it into the daily life of their kids. Because that that is when the biblical worldview that George Barnard was talking about begins to take hold. It was when a preteen sees, oh, uh, like like, like, we're just going to pull from him again. Like he was saying, one of the biggest disconnects for a kid and their parents is that a parent is saying, hey, you should do this, this, and this, and then they see their parent doing the exact opposite. And you're like, why am I, I going to listen when you're not modeling that? And so when you get a family that's talking through those ideas and, and modeling it, that is when it really matters. And so we've got to resource our parents and we've got to equip our parents. Um, and then number three, we got to support them cuz that listen i am not a parent but i know how hard it is to parent right that is that like there's no there's no way you can really even like quantify the difficulty of parenting especially today because you're fighting for your kids attention and you're fighting social media and school influences and and if i'm just thinking through the lens of a parent i i am a digital native most parents are not. I grew up with technology. Most parents do not. And even my preteen years were exponentially different than the current preteen years. I am having to write a phone policy for my preteens. And I was like, I never thought I'd have to do this. I have to write a phone policy because all of them now come in and they're just, (laughs) I'm like, this is so lame. This is the worst, right? I hate this, but I have to do it. And so these parents need your support right? And we support them, one, by giving them resources and equipping them, right? Uh, but we also support them uh, by giving them those opportunities uh, to, to express their feelings, giving them those opportunities. Uh, and this is where the relationship side comes in. These next few, or the relationship with those parents really starts to matter. And so you build that relationship by giving them those resources. And so when a parent says, oh, they know what I'm going through, And then they see you equipping them and they say, oh, they're walking through what I'm going through. Then is when you can start having those conversations and you can uh, really walk through what that looks like uh, and and supporting them. Uh, And and one of the things, another 2023 goal for us is to branch that out because I've got a lot of parents. um, And even like the smallest ministry, you can't minister to all your volunteers all your students, and all their parents, you need help. And so support can come from internally, right? It can come from me. It can come from your small group leaders. Um, But one of the biggest and best supports is other parents. And so think about those parents in your ministry that are, Crushing it, right? There's a few that I can think of uh, that the way their kids talk and the way their kids act uh, and they talk about the faith activities their family do, I'm like, I know that you're doing something right in your family. And so I want you to come walk alongside families that are struggling. And so set up a parent support network. Um, This is like the idea that we have is literally like, hey, I've got this, uh, you know, one of our elders is is a parent. And so we're like, hey, uh, I'm going to give you a $50 gift card to somewhere. I've got this family that is really struggling with this. For the next month, go meet with them every single month. That's the gift card to buy the coffee every week. And you have those conversations. And so get those parents, get those people that can support other families and give them the opportunity to bore into other people. Because like I said, we cannot do it. And so support those parents, right? I don't have the time, and I don't have the parental knowledge to be able to be like, oh, yeah, I can totally walk through the disrespectful behavior that your preteen is exhibiting because I've experienced that, and I have not. I can't I can't walk through that. But you know what? I know parents that can. And so support them by connecting them to those people, connecting them to those uh, parents that are able to support them and turn. Um...